welcome to episode 32 of Our Weird Life. My name is Jodie. And my name is Jack. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is our names. We are back. We live in Japan, if you don't know. And um, I am 29. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the first gosh. time I'm saying it officially. I'm yeah. 29 now. You're officially on the final year of your 20s. Yeah. And yep. it's the final year you can say that you date in a 20, girl in the 20s. How does uh, that feel? <laughs> are we not past dating yet? Are we on, are we on married terms yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true. <laughs> but it does sound like people, like guys are like, oh, with a girl in her 20s. This is your last year of that. Yeah. They make the most of it. <laughs> Me or you? <laughs> that fact. <laughs> How no, does that um, make you feel? Or do you not care? I don't care. Like it's just it's just a number correct that was is. the right answer yeah yeah i'm 29 it was my birthday on the 5th of march which was two days ago yep that's right two days ago you've come to the end you're at the end of an era joe end of a decade um mm. how do you feel about that uh i think i said a few times like on this podcast that i'm okay with turning 30 mm. because i don't feel like i don't feel like that so I'm just going to enjoy the last of my 20s. I'm not really going to think about it too much. That's yeah, a good call, honestly. Like, I I mean, I turned I turned 30 a couple of months back, mm-hmm. and I was really kind of worried about it. I didn't, really? I, I never thought that I would be, I would even care remotely. You didn't seem worried. No, I was just kind of, you know, keeping it inside, because I knew it was a little irrational. Like, the fact you turn, like, you get a day older and you suddenly become different. It doesn't make any sense. No. Realistically. Um but now I'm at thirty, I couldn't give a hoot. <laughs> I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I have the same feeling I felt when I turned twenty six, mm. and I was like, oh, I don't have everything by twenty five, so I guess that's fine. So I'm hoping that I'll feel that way when I turn thirty, or instead of being like, oh my god, I hope I'll just be like, oh well, you know. Yeah, but because also like, like that's a good thing. And you should never feel that way either. You know what I mean? Like you feel like you've... No, of course not. You should never feel like you've got everything or what no. you expected because life just doesn't work like that. No, and then when you do get everything or you do have what you think, like it, it's just, it's all perspective, isn't it? Like it people is really. look into our life and be like, oh my God, like, you know, you live in Japan or whatever, whatever, but it's all perspective. Like you don't really know what goes on. No. Just like I don't know what goes on in other people's lives, but. Well, they, everyone it's, looks it's, at other people as though they themselves are not doing very well or yeah. that they're, they're, they're always looking for something that they are failing at. It's easy to compare your life to other people's yeah, lives, it really but it's is. a really unhealthy thing to do like you can look at someone's life and say oh that's an interesting thing or how did you do that or you can ask them about it and generally you'll find out that it wasn't achieved the way you think it was or it's like it's a result of a series of failures or something that haven't quite gone the right way but you just don't see that because they don't share that part that's so true so i think honestly as well there's something weird happens when you you know when you just kind of relax and you stop mm. worrying about a certain kind of thing, you're more likely to actually get the thing that you wanted initially if you... You, you keep working towards a certain thing, mm. but you, you stop, like, obsessing over the fact that it hasn't happened in a, in a time frame. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like, we came here when, when I was 26, and this l- latter half of being 20, in my 20s, the mm. late 20s, has been my favourite so far. 
It's been a good period of time. I think I've felt most content um, in myself and... Like, like a lot a, of like, changes. Of... Yeah, and everyone says, oh, your 20s are for learning. And like, yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. Totally. Um, I feel so different to how I felt in my early 20s. And some of our friends now are in their early 20s, like, live here in Japan, like with us. And it's kind of, it's so sad in a way because you can see them going through the same motions that we did. Yeah. And they're like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know what to, I'm like, in three years, you are not going to care about this. And it's so hard to say that without them being like, oh, right, okay, yeah, but, like, that doesn't matter. Yeah, what about this? Yeah, and it's like, like, I literally said to my friend today, I was like, the path that you're going on, like, it's great to plan it and everything, but don't have too much expectation of that actually happening. Yeah. Because I said, you could change your mind or something could happen that will veer you off that path and that is absolutely normal and that is absolutely fine you know but I think that you either grow up having the mindset of like this is what I want to do Mm. and if anything veers me off that path then you have a negative feeling towards it yeah like I've failed you failed or yeah or this isn't what I was supposed to do or this isn't what my family think I should do or this isn't what my friends think I I would have turned out like yeah who cares at the end of the day, like, if you're happy and you, you veered off into another thing, like, you have to sort of be okay with that being what you were meant to do. If you're happy, obviously. If yeah. you're not happy, that's a different matter. But, you know, but trying to live up to someone else's expectations is never going to be it. You're never going to be happy because you have to realise what you want. You know? Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, you you have to kind of question whether your image of what you think happiness is or achievement is, is of your own doing or of someone else's doing. Yeah. Um, you're setting your standards to someone else's little framework or whatever. It's not a good way to, it's not a good way to go about things. Do what you've got to do, what you want to do and what's best for you. And also you, the older you get, the more you realize that the good people in your life and the people that you think have the best intentions for you or you think might have or should have the best intentions for you but actually a little bit of jealousy sprinkled on there or a little bit of bitterness from somewhere Mm. and in fact they don't have the best intention for you or they they advise you not wrongly but maybe in a path that you wouldn't think initially if you say oh I want to do this I want to go to Japan and live like in Japan for example you might have people that say, why would you want to do that? Mm. And you don't know where that's coming from, that sort of thing, you know. I'm not saying we did have that, you know, but... No, but in, in any any decision in life that happens, that being an example, let's mm. say, a type of decision like that, a big move, you always have people who have their own views of the way that should go. Yeah. Um, but if it's against what you think is right, that doesn't mean that it's wrong. No, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because... As well, you have to be open and willing to hear advice from people that have lived longer than you and have mm-hmm. way more experiences than you. Yeah. And if they have good intentions for you, they will advise you well, you know. But yeah. they might be also envious of you. You have to keep that in the back of your mind, you know. You're young and you're going on a new adventure or whatever it is that you want to do, like making more money or whatever. You have to have that in the back of your mind as well, which is it's not the greatest thing to think that that person might be thinking, oh, I wish I'd have done that when I was younger. Mm. 
but you it's easier to see when you're a bit older it is and you don't feel like exactly negative towards those people either you just like more of a I, I wish I wish it? that you could have experienced this yeah. because I'm telling you now it's great and I, I'm happy that I did it. Um, but I think just don't live in regret and you probably won't feel those things towards yeah. people when you're offering younger people advice, you know. That's a good point. I, honestly, I think the best thing that people can do, which is certainly what our family seemed to do for us, was they can just offer their support in a way that's like whatever you choose to do we accept that yeah because that's what you want to do and you know that's Mm -hmm. what's going to make you happy right now that's the best thing anyone can do because no one can predict the way something's going to go you might take a decision and they might be thinking "Ooh, that's a bit of a Mm. that's a gamble like that could go wrong that's not the point no but also we're not so bold in our decisions to say this is what we're doing and mm. that's it. We we often ask for advice, like, should we do this or this? We're not 100% sure. But at the end of the day, like, only you have lived your experience. Yeah. Like, only, like, we've we've done the jobs that we've done in, in the places we've done them. So that's right. it's difficult for someone else to say, well, yeah, you should do that or not do that because they have not lived your experiences. So you have to keep that in mind too. Yeah, and of course, and I mean, as recent events have shown life throws sometimes minor ones sometimes major major mm. life-changing curveballs and you can't predict those they're out of your control yeah they really yeah. are which in a way you should think of that in in good terms because it means that whatever decision you take nothing so permanent as to fix you into like like you've you've got your feet buried in cement or something and, yeah. it's dry and you can't do anything about it you know um nothing's permanent you can change anything pretty much there are very few circumstances you can get yourself into short of i don't know landing yourself in jail or something silly yeah i mean we've we've obviously been very fortunate in like with our decisions that we've made but there wasn't you know a whole lot of i mean there was sorry like obviously a whole lot of planning and a whole lot of thought that went into things that we've done yeah but there also is a whole lot of like winging it <laughs> which is yeah, kind of, of my, my favorite thing and that doesn't mean to say that you don't worry about the potential of things going wrong but mm. it's just you have to accept that things might and you've got to be okay with that and if you're okay with that then anything that happens is you'll deal with it mm-hmm. something else i've learned to accept at an older age is i want to be selfish on my birthday yeah <laughs> and i definitely felt like that this birthday I was like, yeah, sure, get me a present. <laughs> Shower me in gifts yeah, and happiness. I still feel like, oh, no, you shouldn't do that. But then I think, you know what, why not? Because I love giving people gifts and mm. I love making people feel special, especially like if I really care for that person and they've shown me a kindness or shown me love throughout my life so far. I want to get them a gift like or something. I want to make them feel happy or wish them happy birthday or give them a phone call or whatever it is on their birthday. I want them to feel special and in turn that makes me feel good. So this birthday I was like, I'm not going to feel bad if someone wants to like spoil me or give me a gift and you really did spoil me and yeah, I did feel a little guilty. (laughs) But I tried to be more like, yeah, you you do this for me. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> I tried to be a, a little more 
um, accepting of it and not feel so guilty, you know, that it was all about me and it's like, you know, I mean, we, you really did spoil me and took me, Jack took me to this um, beautiful onsen, which is so close to our house, like 20 minutes down the road, but we've never been before and it's always like the town that that this place is it it's known for the onsens that they have if you don't know what an onsen is by the way it's like a i was about to say sorry it's like a hot spring or Mm. a a hot uh what do you call it like a bath yeah jacuzzi style thing Mm -hmm. sorry and no it's okay so traditionally um it's it was mixed right like male and female yeah and you go in naked in the nude in the nude (laughs) in the nude um but now they have like separate male and female they still do have mixed ones and they also have very rarely but they have ones that you can wear bathing costumes in they're less frequent than Mm. probably any of them aren't they really yeah and the water so you go in usually naked and the water is very hot and it's usually contains some sort of minerals that are supposed to cleanse your skin and the the hot water is supposed to heal as well like any sore muscles or tired bones anything like that very therapeutic it's beautiful but you go in um and also something i didn't know i always see in pictures like people with a little towel on their head yeah i never really understood that <laughs> so <laughs> that basically the towel is cold has cold water and you put it on your head to keep yourself from getting too hot that it's as simple as that and yeah. i had no idea what this little towel was for i thought it was like to cover their modesty and then um they put it on their head so it doesn't get wet like that's what i thought <laughs> so did i, I didn't. they didn't put it in the water um yeah. but yeah it's to keep you your head cool sorry there is a dog barking you might not be able to hear it but i can hear it um <laughs> so and then I think the, sorry, just to interject there, I think it's kind of useful, um, you know, if you stay in those things for too long, Mm. the like the wave of dizziness that comes over you as you're starting to like sweat out all your moisture and stuff, it's pretty important to keep that, your your body temperature regulated. You have to be very careful because you can get high blood pressure from going in there. A lot of those things, I think they're set to about, it's somewhere between like 45 and 50 something degrees. degrees yeah. That seems to be like Celsius. the roundabout temperature. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's. Yeah. Great. So um, you don't put your hair in there or your face really because the minerals, um, they're just too strong, I guess. I think they can really dry out your skin or some people, yeah. if they, you know, if you've got sensitive skin, they mm. can really like make it irritable. Yeah. So you're supposed to have a bat, like a shower before you go in. The showers are in the same room. And then you, after you've showered, and you can wash your hair too if you want to, but you don't have to. But you tie up your hair. The hair, the hair can contaminate the water, so you're not supposed to put your hair in. And you can leave the minerals like on your body, not wash them off. Or if you have sensitive skin, they do advise that you wash after. Um, I've always noticed my skin's very soft when I come out of there. Do you usually wash off the the minerals after you've been in there? No, not really, unless I'm hot. Because I get very hot, I need to be very careful. And I've been in there a few times and felt unwell, actually. Um, You've almost overheated. <laughs> I've, I've definitely overheated. Even just being in there 10 minutes can be too much for me. It's so. easily done, isn't it, really? Yeah, just make sure you drink a lot of water. And even warm, hot water is good to drink after because it rehydrates you quicker. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah like you don't need to be in there very long uh, it's very relaxing so obviously we went to this onsen spa hotel but our room had a bath outside on the balcony it was so magical and wonderful and and we had a view of this um what do you call that when a river does that it was like it was a valley wasn't it yeah like a valley with the river coming down Actually, the middle. that's that's not correct i don't think it's quite it's they called it a valley view but it's more like a like a canyon view i think because it's like yeah. a river that runs through two big mountains two yeah mountain sides yeah that's right so the mountain sort of curves around the corner too so the the river comes down around the corner and down past the hotel. So you have this like a beautiful view and the snow was like, there was still snow left. So it was like sprinkled over the mountain and um, the current was quite strong too. So you had this like amazing sound, like with the water running. And, um, and then we have this hot bath, which is on the balcony, which was made of wood and a very pale wood, actually. It was really beautiful. And um, you have these two taps where you can control the water, but mostly it's obviously better hot because you're sitting outside. <laughs> yeah, especially in this season too, you um, you really appreciate the yeah really hot water and the, the freezing air. Mm-hmm. So originally, like the first thing we went in at night because we arrived at night, so um, it's kind of weird. Like, and I would never have done this. Like when I first came to Japan, it was I found it really difficult to be naked around all these strangers um or like that like exposed on the balcony just out, out in public <laughs> yeah. completely naked can you imagine just being on the balcony in england like naked in a hotel yeah it's, like you it's have illegal. to um <laughs> you have to get into a, a completely different like it's a different mentality isn't it yeah because they they do it from kids just even you know yeah and they just have that they just have it forever like i had this time round. i had just there was no reservations it didn't even feel strange anymore it was it was quite uh it's like freeing isn't it yeah it really is and obviously there was only you and i there at um in the in our in room that, yeah. yeah but it's funny because we're in there but you have no idea if anyone can see you really i mean <laughs> they can't because there's like a big mountain and then there's like a big um you know like like a sheer cliff like, face yeah not not cliff face this thing like, oh, a, like a dividing wall yeah dividing wall so yeah. anyone on the left can't physically get round because like well, yeah exactly. there's like a mountain that like the hotel drops off the yeah. side basically so no one can get to that side to like look around no but if you were like some madman you could definitely like <laughs> climb over that mountain and just sit there and watch all the naked people at night i mean that would but be the spot wouldn't would, it i suppose <laughs> or get your boat and go down the river <laughs> sit in your boat just to get like a couple of shots in the rapids a couple of, couple of sights <laughs> yeah but you know like it, it does cross your mind and it's kind of weird to to sit there and just know that there's stuff out there in the darkness and yeah. you're just there in like your you know natural I think, self I think it comes to a point where you just kind of have to accept the fact that if that were a possibility there's very little you can do about it anyway yeah, so, like, and that's it. I've the older I've got, the more I don't care. To yeah, like I used to be so shy like that. I wouldn't. I'd would never have done that. Yeah, me too. In my early years, but yeah, now I'm older. I'm like, oh well. Yeah, you just you just lose that inhibition of, you know. Well, 
someone <laughs> someone sees the good accidentally over oh, what a shame yeah like everyone has them one or the other yeah it's true isn't it um you just you get over it and especially i think living in a culture where it's just not um no one's like oh <laughs> yeah. embarrassed well that's the thing it. if they really want to see someone naked they can just go to a mixed onsen that's true like if that is what their heart desires yeah they can just go in a mixed onsen yeah and they'd be like, I'm just having a bath, don't mind me. But really, they're like <laughs> checking out everybody. Gawping. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, it's it's just not done. In our, in, like, obviously, we had have like nudist beaches and things like that, which like. Even that's very. Yeah, like, even I would that totally feels do that like now. some kind of cult. Yeah. It's got a cult feel to it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you're part of this very uh, reserved club. I just think they know something we don't know. And now we know because we've done it. Yeah. We've oh. been naked around other people and it's just like, oh, it is what it is. But it just doesn't... Even our friends, like, we go, we've been with our friends. Can you imagine, like, being, you know, in your 20s, we're like, oh, you know, instead of, like, playing games or watching a movie, should we go get naked together in a big bath? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, a to- it's just a totally but different... But I've been with all my friends, like, not, not boys, but, you know, other girls. We've yeah. been together and, like... It's like, yeah, I've, I've seen you naked, but I haven't seen you naked. Like, you don't really look either. Well, but also, it's kind of like, oh, you look the same, but you don't have clothes on. Yeah. Like, it's not... Like, when people have clothes on, it's like... that You still know what kind of body shape they have. So mm. it's not like a, whoa, you look like <laughs> that God. naked. Wow, I did not <laughs> expect that. Like, unless they're, like, covered in tattoos or something, you're not going to be like... <gasps> No, I suppose. My God, you have boobs. I'm really shocked. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not going to be that what shocked. What on earth? Yeah, no, it's true. Um, and yeah, like you say, is you just no one cares, and you're in the invo- like the way it looks and feels when you're actually in the onsen itself. It's very um, misty. Yeah, from the, you know, like the intense heat of the onsen, you can't really see all that clearly no um in the room anyway and like just just no one even really looks at one another you can't just get on with your own thing you know i think there's a definite thing that we have though which is because we're not japanese yeah and literally every single one we've been into it's like 95 percent. like i don't think i've ever been in one with another foreign person unless i knew them i have i know i was gonna say you should tell that story but <laughs> I think that's where we have an advantage because it we already feel like we don't fit anyway. Mm. So when we go in there, it's like, oh, well, if they look at me, they're looking at me. Yeah, what Like they usually do when I'm on the bus or exactly. something because they're not used to seeing me. And I look just as strange naked as I do with clothes on. So it's <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> the difference. But I think you've... And also, like, we can only catch some conversations. So it's like, oh, you can talk about me because I won't know. But if we, we went into one with people that spoke English or they all understood or spoke English, like, naturally, like, as the first language, I mean, um, that would be strange because you might hear comments about yourself and I would I don't think I would like that being so vulnerable and naked. You know <laughs> no. what I mean? But, like, we did, in this particular onsen, we heard someone say, like, oh, they're speaking English, but yeah. they said it in Japanese, yeah. but we... Obviously yeah, know that, yeah. So I was like, "Oh, they're talking about us," which was really weird. <laughs> yeah, that was a little strange. It happens quite a lot when they talk about they talk about you. You're always they, aware they, of it, aren't you? Yeah, and then if you say anything in Japanese, they're like, "Oh, oh no, they understood us." It's really funny. It's like yeah. such a funny reaction. Yeah, it really is. But anyway, go on. You should tell your story. Oh well, 
not a lot happened really, but that was part of the strangeness of it. Um, <laughs> one of the the first times I think we ever went into an onsen, the onsen was part of a hotel that we mm. were staying at. Like a modern hotel. Like a modern hotel, mm. yeah. And uh, so you and I both separated into our uh, male and female baths. And uh, so when you, when you go in initially, you take all your clothes off and you put them into uh, like a basket or a locker or something. And then they usually give you like a band that you wear on your wrist and that's got a key to your locker that you can get back into. So you do all that, take all your clothes off. Then you go into the next room and there's little very open cubicles and a stool and a bowl and a shower head mm-hmm. and loads of things that you can wash. Shampoo. Yeah, shampoo and body wash and stuff. So you mind your own business, do all that stuff, get clean, and then you go into the onsen. And that's a that's probably the the most peculiar feeling you get when you're not used to them. Because yeah. you're <laughs> you're the person walking down like steps into the bath itself or and you do feel a little bit like, oh, everyone's watching Exposed, me. Yeah. yeah. Especially if the, you're the only one out. Yeah. You're like, oh my God, quickly shower, quickly get in the yeah, bath so exactly. no one can see me. Yeah. yeah, it's really like that when you first go. So I stepped down into this bath and there was very few people in there actually. There was a couple of like older Japanese guys, but they were talking to one another and just completely, they didn't care I was in there. And I sat down in one corner of the bath and... Uh, I was just relaxing. I had both my arms stretched out, like to either side of the. <laughs> I imagine they loved either that. side of the stone because you're so huge. Um, I actually, I wasn't sure if my if my tattoo would cause some kind of offence because tattoo is really on the done thing in Japan, unless you're like a member of the mafia or something. So yeah, a lot, a lot of onsens ban them. Yeah, so, so that was a bit sketchy, and I th- think I put a small towel over my one shoulder just to cover that It's the up. best thing to do if you can. Um, or you can get, like, you can get patch patches thing. that you can wear, and I, I would definitely recommend that. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you could get away with it being a foreigner and saying, I'm sorry, I didn't understand, but if they have signs everywhere, like, no tattoos, just be yeah, just be aware that they'll, they might kick you out. Yeah, don't take offence to that, because it's just not a, it's just not really not a thing that's done. No. Unless you're a criminal <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> um, it might change soon, I think. I'm sure it will, as as uh, cultures relax and they sort of intermingle a bit more. That sort of happens naturally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm sat in this bath and minding my own business and along comes another foreigner. Very unusual. Yeah. In an answer. He was a red-headed guy. <laughs> um, and... He sat directly in front of me. <laughs> now, this bath I was sat in was quite narrow, so there really wasn't very much space between me and the, the wall of the bath ahead. Yeah. And that, I was like, okay, that's fine. Of all the places to sit, you would mm-hmm. sit directly in front of me, even though there's loads of space to my right. Fine. But then he proceeds to just... He doesn't, like, t- like angle himself. At a, like, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm doing, just sort of... Relaxing, he just sits square facing me and like just looking directly ahead. Do you know? Do you know my guess in this whole situation? He was a robot. I don't know. (laughs) I think from the back, you look Japanese (laughs) because you have dark hair. 
Yeah, I see what you mean. So, like, could be if you saw so. him from the back, you'd be like, oh, I'm not going to sit opposite him because he might expect me to have a conversation with him. Mm. And that's going to be awkward because we're both naked. Yeah. But I reckon he saw you and thought, oh, there's a young Japanese guy. I'll just sit opposite him. And then when he sat down and saw your face, he probably thought, oh, my God. Do you reckon just look like straight a, forward. Like a rabbit in the headlights. Like, oh, no, yeah. I can't move anywhere. I, ca- I cannot explain this phenomenon that happens in Japan when you see another foreigner. Oh, it's terrible. It's, 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 it's horrible. It's really weird. Yeah, because for it's some, like we- for some reason, neither one of you wants to acknowledge the yeah. other person. It's like, why are you here? And they're probably thinking, why, why are, are you, you here? here? Yeah. Because Japan is predominantly, you know, it's Japanese, full of Japanese people. Mm. And something that's kind of nice is being in, in an area where you're not surrounded by people you're so used to seeing all the time. Yeah. Something that's different. Um, and so when you see another foreigner... It's like a, a standoff happens. Yeah. You're both like glaring at each other from a distance and then going about your own separate ways. And you just totally try not to look at each other. Oh. It's because you know that you can talk to each other most probably. Yeah. You, you probably can have a conversation. But especially now, because people aren't coming into Japan right now, there's not really any for- foreigners about, even less than usual. Yeah. So Japanese people tend to stare at you anyway if you're around and about because they're like, oh, what are they doing in the middle of nowhere, like in this little village or something? They just don't expect to see you. And generally they don't ask unless you start up a conversation with you. They'll be like, oh, where are you from? Mm. But when you see another foreigner, you immediately are like, how are you here? (laughs) Like, and you know they're thinking the same thing about you and it's kind of strange because you try and listen to hear what language they speak because we were in a shop the other day and there was like two Russian ladies in there yeah because I recognised the accent because I knew a lot of Russian girls like so I, I I kind of was like oh they're from Russia like I could hear the accent but um sorry the language not the accent um but it was kind of it's very unsettling it's like well how how are you here yeah and it's like oh they're probably just the same as we are like <laughs> But it's just odd, isn't it? It's not it? like we've got more of a right to be here than any other foreign <laughs> no, person. No, of course not. It's just... It's never not awkward, and I don't no. know what it is. I'd... It's because it's just so rare. You know how I imagine it? It's like, it's like when a dog sees another dog mm. in a dog park yeah. or something. Or like not in a dog park, like somewhere where a dog wouldn't be. And then the dog sees another dog and they're like... Like in a house <gasps> full of cats. Yeah. Let's say you... Go, you yeah, the the dog goes to a cat cafe and there's another dog in there. And you're like, oh, my God, there's another dog in here. There's another one of you. How did you get in but here? But this is for cats. Yeah. <laughs> this place is always has cats in it. Uh, that, that's the it's thing. like that. It, you, feel, um, you feel, like, elusive, I think. Yeah, like invisible. Well, not invisible. Well, because like. many Japanese people, they don't really actually pay attention to, especially in the bigger cities. Like, let's say you're in Tokyo. No one cares about the, the random foreigner who's walking around. You're mm. just, you're so invisible, generally. Yeah. And that's kind of nice sometimes. You like just being, you know, not seen or you just like to just sort of blend in. Yeah. But when you see the other foreigner appear, you're not elusive anymore. It's like you've been caught out for something you didn't know you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like that in, in these villages. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Like any of our shops in our village, if we saw another foreigner in there, it would be like, but we're the only foreigners what in this the village. Hell are you There's only here? like another family that live here and we know who they are. Yeah. That's it. Everyone else is, is Japanese. Exactly. Everyone. And there's about three people, four people that speak like English to like a native 
level yeah. it, that we know in this village. We've like, got like a checklist of people that we know should be here. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you, and you're not on it. If you're not on the list, <laughs> then let, let me check your papers and make yeah. sure you should be. Like, who, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. It is so strange. I can't even explain it. Well, I guess it's like, imagine that you just don't see another foreign person. Like for like every two months or something other than people that you know yeah. that already live here or you you know you see often and then imagine you just see one and you're like oh like it's just so unusual i think as well because of the language barrier on a daily basis you hear so much japanese mm. m- much of which passes over your head yeah. Like a breeze, you just don't even notice it's going on. It becomes like a bit of a bubble, mm. and the bubble's, like, broken. <laughs> it is like that. You hear another conversation, yeah. and you understand every word. You're engaged in a way that's just not doesn't quite yeah. happen in the second language, I that, think. That was one thing I couldn't really comprehend when, I went, when we went back to England. Um, we've only been back once since we've been living in Japan for, you know, two and a half years. Yeah. We've only been back once, and have we been here two and a half years? Is that right? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah, we've only been back one time, and that was one thing I just couldn't get my head around, that I could hear all these conversations. I was like, I can't cope with this. It's like having, it's like having like 30 voices in my head, and I can understand every single one. Yeah, everything's incredibly noisy, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you couldn't, you're picking up, your ears are like, oh, oh, oh. But there's something you don't really think about when you live in a country where you don't speak the language. It's very isolating mm. until you learn so much of that language that you can kind of grasp what the conversation is. Yeah. But before that, it's it's like, it's almost like being deaf, I imagine. Like you can't... In a way. Yeah, because you can't really hear what's going on. You don't know the conversation. So you kind of just walk around oblivious to those conversation i'm saying that by the way because my dad's like deaf so like i'm i'm comparing it to how he feels he's told me he feels sometimes it's very isolating so yeah. i imagine it's like very similar to that i guess so you you find it difficult to understand what people are saying you find it difficult to respond to what people are mm. saying engage just like kind of you know in, in a regular conversation yeah like you and i are speaking now but you could drop in at any moment and just go blah blah blah, blah, blah whatever mm. you want to say um that you can't do doesn't that. exist mm. when you're in a when you're in a foreign country. It has its ups but and downs. You also downs, become very ignorant, though. You become very ignorant because you kind of you not in a, in a bad way, not in a negative way, but just kind of like you get used to being in your own little bubble, like oblivious. And yeah, mm. and you can listen to your podcast or you can listen to whatever it is, you know, and you get used to being in your own little bubble, and you're yeah. okay with that eventually. Like you feel, find that it's actually not isolating and actually it's okay yeah um and it's like almost like a safety bubble like a safety net so then when you see another foreigner and you know that you're going to be out like potentially understand them or you hear them speak in english you almost feel like wait a minute do i interact like i can't remember how <laughs> this goes do i just like listen and ignore or if i hear something like oh, I don't know how to get there. And I've, it's like, oh, do I interject now? Like, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the what's etiquette the protocol, for yeah. I That never fails to amaze me, actually. The longer I've been in Japan, 
the more the, the less I know, mm. um, like of 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 my own language, English drops out of my head on a daily basis. I lose words and yeah. I just don't remember what th- simple th- simple things. So much so that when you like you're trying to teach English or someone asks you what's this in English and you're like, uh, <laughs> and you get like the the weirdest look, like yeah, like you don't know your own language. Are you sure you're from? that place really. yeah what why does that happen i guess you get so used to not using it on a regular basis yeah I just here i've actually started to have like little american uh infliction inflections inflections <laughs> <laughs> see there's another one yeah on my words recently because i have noticed people that i teach with are american or canadian and there's only a couple of other British people that we interact with a lot, but I don't see them like every day or it's like mainly like day. American English, isn't it? Yeah, who that I teach with. Yeah. Um, so I've started saying like better and water and thirty. <laughs> like I've started doing that, which is really strange. Yeah. But I like I know I'm doing it, but after I've said it, I'm like, oh well it's too late now, I've said it. Yeah, like it's it's out there in yeah. the ether. Hmm. To the point where my Japanese teacher that speaks english and has an american accent he noticed that i said water and he actually <laughs> laughed at me he was like uh, water and i was like oh, what i was like oh my god you can you can tell the difference so now like, you're being mocked by a non-native speaker of english I know. about your english but that's because i teach with him i think that's why oh people rub off on you don't they without especially doubt. me yeah um, i spent like about two days with a girl from Liverpool and I just suddenly had a Liverpoolian accent. <laughs> I was like, what's by the wind? I can't even do it now. <laughs> I did like the like. Like. Yeah. It's very easy to, to pick up those kind of habits and things from people. You don't seem to. Do you not think? No. I it mean, was always a fear of mine that people would speak to me from back home and be like, oh, you've changed. <laughs> who are you? You're a different person now. Who do you think you are? What kind of accents are that? That's not where you're from. <laughs> you snob. You imposter. <laughs> who are you and what have you done with the You're journey? not American. Who do you think you are? <laughs> but our American friends do the same thing. Yeah, they, they, um, they say they've like, definitely picked up some... Some little gems like from boot from instead of trunk, and yeah. Like I said to my friend um, today, I was like, "Oh, I'm such a Wally. I'm sorry." And she was like, "You're not a Wally." And then later, when I spoke to her, she was like, "What's a Wally?" I was like, <laughs> "I love that she was like, I'm not. You're not a Wally." I was like, "What if it was like a compliment to myself?" She's like, "I just assumed from the context that it meant you were like you were saying you were an idiot." I was like. Yeah. Like, yeah, just silly, I guess. I think Wally is like a cockney thing. Is it? Yeah. I remember from like uh, Only Fools and Horses, Del would always say, you Wally. You Wally. Yeah. It's quite harmless. It is really. It's a nice way of it's saying silly, idiot silly. without sounding so aggressive, I suppose. I think it's more silly than idiot. Like silly Billy. Like daft. You did something daft. Yeah. Yeah. You Wally. <laughs> So back to the onsen. Back to the onsen. Where were we? Um, so we we were there at night and potentially people were looking at us, which was really funny, I imagine. Because <laughs> we were just daft anyway. Mm. What was that? I don't know, some kind of Sounds like a dinosaur. air horn. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, so, and then we, in the morning, we wanted to watch the sunrise from there, didn't we? Yeah. Which was real nice. It was. But you don't quite realise how long the sunrise takes until you're waiting for the sunrise to happen. <laughs> and also, I don't understand it. What do you mean? Just FYI. So, it said that the sun was rising at 6.06 okay. a.m. or something like that in Japan yeah. on that night. But I woke up at like 5.30, so I was just kind of watching. But it started getting lighter. Obviously, it has to get lighter from darker. It can't just go, oh. <laughs> just like light switch on. Bang, 6.06, the sun is rising now. Yeah. It's like... But it started before that, like obviously getting lighter and you could like you could see, you could make out the mountains and the river and then it's more of like a grey, like a light grey and you can see things. And But that was before 6.06. Is my hand annoying you? No, no it's you, fine. You were looking at it. I, you, I don't know. It's I like, talk with my hands. Yeah. It, so I'm like flapping like you, my hand You were around. casting a spell like uh, you got a wand or something. I was getting a bit like... Side sidetracked by the fingers, the moving fingers. Go on, Carol. Moving fingers. <laughs> the moving finger. <laughs> Where's that from now? I don't, I don't know. know. His dad, I never remember. But is it Family Guy? Maybe. No. Some kind of comedy program. Someone's going to tell us now. It's something terrible. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we we digress. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's sun started rising before that. So what is that that time that they give you? 606 what is that because i was thinking if i was driving somewhere to watch the sunrise i'd have missed it i'd have missed the first bit from darkness yeah um and then when i thought oh it's done now then then it started getting above the mountain and then i could see the actual sun like it was light by 606 like it was light and i was like like, oh it's done yeah but then this, the actual bright sun started appearing, coming down the mountain like a very, very slow waterfall. So it was obviously peering above the mountain. It was like behind us, mm. wasn't it? I guess. I think, yeah, I think so. Because there was like a reflection in the cloud. That's right. I, so so saying- I want to know what that time is. Why 6.06? Why don't they say the sun rises from this time to this time? If you want to watch it, you should be, on the, you should be in position by this time I don't until know. this time and that then that's the sun has fully risen in the sky it seems like a bit of an arbitrary t- thing doesn't it really because how do you dictate when the sun has started to rise yeah exactly like, is it do you reckon it's based on like a, an angle like it once it crosses a certain angle in the sky that's classed as oh the sun has started to rise but i mean surely it's just constantly getting like, rising f- from from the darkest dark, mm. <laughs> any point after the darkest dark is surely lighter than it was before. Yeah, exactly. Which you class as a sunrise. So why why six oh six? Is that when it's fully in position, or is it before? Because if you look and go, oh, well, I want to watch the sunrise. You've yeah. missed it, mate. If you're going on the time on Google, yeah, you're late for the boat, aren't you? Really? Um, like it's up. I mean, all I can say is Google, just get your act together. Get, what, figure out what this number we is. We need a, if you want to watch the sunrise today, you have to be in position by this time. <laughs> <laughs> what? If you, if you arrive at this time, you have missed the it's sunrise. Done. Yeah, It's fully risen. That's a really good question. I, don't even, I really don't know what, where they dictate that as being a sunrise has started. 
I think it's the end, judging by what happened the other day. So you mean the sun is in the sky? Yeah, because that's happened to me before. I'm like, oh, I want to watch the sunset. Yeah. Oh, it sets at 7.30, so let's go. Oh, it's down now. It's gone. Like, it has set. It completed at 7.30. You know what I mean? But again... You missed it. That's kind of arbitrary too, because you just imagine... Let's say you're on the... You're on a beach. Mm-hmm. So it's very flat. Yeah. Right? And the sun is rising. The sun just keeps rising, but it just keeps going over. Like, it goes over, over yeah. you. So you can't just say, oh, the sun has stopped rising. It's, it's kind of... It just keeps going. It, never, mm. it doesn't stop at any point. So well, like... I, I think it must be based on angles. Yeah. So when it reaches, like... I, I don't even... This is scientific nonsense. <laughs> I'm just saying. This is Jack Babble. Yeah, exactly. Like. Um so let's just say it reaches a certain angle in the sky, whatever that might be, that's classed as a sunrise. Yeah. I don't see how it could be anything else. We had this little conversation because of the sunrise, which was like, you know, from The Lion King, everything the light touches is our kingdom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, that's everything then. Yeah, but you were saying that the elephant graveyard, which mm, is very dark, yep. is not their kingdom. But I think it still is their kingdom because technically the light does still touch it. Or because they're lions and they don't, you know, have any knowledge on time. <laughs> they run as far as they can while mm. the sun is up. So they're like, oh, the light goes to here. And then it's dark and they're like, oh. The lights stopped here. So from here, this is all ours. And then they run back in the dark. Do you get it? So everything they ran towards while the light was so you mean, touching you're the saying land the is the light theirs. dictates their territory. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. Everything the light touches is our kingdom, but that would be half of the globe at that current time. Yeah. I mean, technically it would, yeah, absolutely. But you were like said to me that doesn't include sorry if you haven't watched the lion king this is making zero sense to you who hasn't seen the lion king (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway yeah you should watch it if you've not seen it but get ready get some tissues ready well but anyway you were like the the elephant graveyard does not that doesn't include the elephant graveyard because it's dark yeah my understanding of it was it was like philosophical so um mufasa was saying to um, Simba, everything the light touches, which is everything that's like lit up and illuminated, not in shadow, effectively, is free to roam and you're safe. That's the thing, you're safe. This is like our territory, our safe zone. But in the area like the elephant graveyard where the hyenas are and they're, they're like lurking in the darkness, that's not your place to go and that's dangerous. But it's still, it, like it would still be light. That's some parts in the day. I mean, technically, it would it, because, like, everything's black, right? Unless light touches it, it's just, it's just black. You can't see it. So, But light, um, when it reflects off stuff, you can see it, and that's how you see shapes and objects and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I see what you mean. I need to watch it again. Because um, I'm pretty sure that he does feel like he owns the elephant graveyard. Like, it's still part of his thing. Just like a rough area. Like yeah, because he's not allowed to go there, but he's like, I'm the king, so I'm going to go where I like. And yeah. then he gets, like, stuck, doesn't he? He does. But um, I think that he still thinks that it's his. Which is why my theory is the lion, 
like as far they own it as long as they can see it. Right. As far as they can run in a day is their kingdom, and then it's dark. Yeah, I suppose. So they're like, oh well. What's the second line of that? Everything the light touches is yours. Is that right? Is our kingdom? Is our kingdom? I don't know. But again, I think that's philosophical too because it's almost like it's like roads untraveled, areas that you haven't been to is not yet yours. You haven't explored it yet, so it's like it's stuff yet to conquer or yet to go into. So maybe. when he runs away yeah. from home, mm-hmm. runs him and never return. Yeah, when he runs, <laughs> when he runs away. There's light there. It's a very sunny place. Mm. So does he not think that that's his kingdom either? Or does he think that's his kingdom? Because his um, dad's like, I own this place too because it's, it's light here. I think it's just anything unfamiliar. Any, you know. Or is he saying, is he really saying as far as you can see right now from this point is our kingdom? I don't know, Joe. Like off from the horizon is not your kingdom because you can't see it. Yeah. It's not, there's no light there. I'm... Um, Gonna have a little Google of that later. I'm uncertain. I've, I've, I've definitely thought of it on more philosophical terms rather than literal. Yeah. Light touching areas. I have something to tell you that kind of does have something to do with light. Does oh, it really? No, I've lost it. Oh, it's no. fine. I found it here anyway. You can look at this. Okay. Um. And let me think. Is there anything else I wanted to say about my birthday? We did that. We had amazing breakfast. Oh, the breakfast was pretty cool, wasn't it? It was so good. It was like 16 tiny little bowls, mm-hmm. and in each bowl was something different. So there was two different types of fish. There was a salmon, and I think it was mackerel. Maybe. Maybe. You just get like these tiny little portions of the uh, of the fish, and they were marinated in... I think the salmon was marinated in like a soy sauce. Was that? I thought it was like lemon and pepper. That was the other one. That's right. The salmon was in the soy sauce. Yeah, the mackerel was in like a lemon and pepper sauce. Oh, really? Um, then there was various types of Japanese vegetables. vegetables. Uh, there was some, there was like a salad bowl thing. How do you say vegetables in Japanese, Jack? Um, yeah. Yasai. Yasai. I just said yabai, which is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yasai. Or you can say kudamono. Are you sure? No, that's fruit. I was going to say. Because the one who is fruit. But, uh, or fruits. Fruits, yeah. Yasai, vegetable. The vegetable. Yeah, so we had lots of yasai. That's your Japanese word for the week. We haven't done that for a while. Yeah, boom. <laughs> drop, drop in Japanese knowledge. Uh, what else? Which we in? have none. <laughs> which we have koshi, which is little. Mm, yeah. Um, what else was in the breakfast? There was rice, classic Japan. Um, tofu. tofu, boiled yeah. tofu, that was delicious. Yeah, and they gave you like spring onions and uh, oh, the ginger. Melon. Into it. Yeah, there was a bowl of fruit which had uh, some fruit of the gods. I don't know where that came from, but it tasted amazing. It was the most delicious, And then something melon. that looked like Turkish delight, but it was orange, and it wasn't Turkish, Turkish delight. It was like jelly, but it was passion fruit. It was Japanese delight. Oh, that, the whole thing was Japanese delight. It was. It was pretty spectacular. It was great. And for some reason, me and Jack just, we had the giggles all day. And it started at breakfast. It did. And it just continued on throughout the day. 
I was I was laughing so much because things in Japan tend to have a like it's all it's very flavorful isn't it yeah but they're often not very sweet but they can be very like salty or very they have a lot of pickled things and Jack picked up this whole bit of it looked like spinach or some sort of leaf of a plant but they'd like marinated it in um for about five years by the taste (laughs) it was very very salty and i took like a little bit of the leaf and put it with the salmon and the lemon juice and it was perfect like really nice balance it's all about balance isn't it japanese food a bit of this bit of that a bit of this bit of that everything like complements each other yeah very complimentary jack just picks up the whole chunk of this stuff puts the whole thing in his mouth and like when i looked at his face I just couldn't stop laughing. He's like, I've got to spit this out. I was like, you can't, you can't. Like, it's a big no-no to waste food. And I was like, what are you going to do? You're going to spit that out and then they're going to see that you spat it out. He's like, it's too much. I shouldn't have put the whole thing in my mouth. It's terrible. He just just thought it was a bit of green leaf or something. Just imagine putting salt on your chips, right? On your fries, whatever you call them. Just a bit. Nice, Nice amount. Complimentary. Yeah. Then just imagine pouring all the salt in the world onto your <laughs> chips. Now try eating them. That's what I had in my mouth. It was like, I felt my eyes watering. Yeah. It was just too much. Was it ginger or something? I don't know what it was. I don't I don't know. No, it was It was just very salty. I don't really know it how to... Blew my damn head off. It was really intense. It wasn't like pickled. It was... It was very salty. Extreme like made my mouth salty. water. Yeah. But that with the... A little bit of the lemony salmon flavour mm. was great. I loved it. Um, it also had like a floral taste to it. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. What, it was my what mistake was. anyway. I mean, I shouldn't have. See, what's happened is over the course of living here, <laughs> as I've developed this very good habit, or very good, <laughs> depends how you look at it, I've developed this habit of eating things very quickly because yeah. I would come across so many things I didn't know what they were and I didn't want to think about it too much because mm. that's always bad. I've just. You shove it in your mouth and you chew a bit and then you swallow. Yeah. And then the food is, is gone. Um, <laughs> and so I applied that same logic to this piece of stuff. <laughs> shove it in. You must have been so like, shocked. Oh, no, I made an instant mistake. You just thought it was like a little piece of lettuce or something. Yeah. And then is there anything more rude in Japanese culture than spitting out the food that you just put in your Absolutely mouth? Absolutely not. I was Heathen. Like, I was like, you can eat it, you can eat it. I couldn't eat it. And then I did the same thing with the pickles. Yeah, the trouble is, with, with a, a taste that's that intense, it would have it was burning my mouth, so it would have yeah. ruined the rest of the breakfast. I'm like, if I don't spit this out, mm. the rest is just going to taste awful. And you, the thing is, you're only supposed to have a little bit of it with the thing. Yeah. And then, you know, a little bit with each bite. Not shove the whole thing in your mouth. No, like a fool. <laughs> like a foreign fool. That was one of my favourite ones, actually, with the salmon. It was really nice that the salmon was great, but I just, I went, I was kind of gung-ho on the whole. Way overboard. Yeah. But, Sorry you know. It was you, funny for me. You live and learn. He looked like he was going to throw up, like, immediately. It was, it was so uh, funny. That was intense. And then we were in this, like, beautiful place, beautiful restaurant thing. and <laughs> There I am, flobbing out the food into a, <laughs> into a serviette. I'm like, do you know how non-Japanese you look right now, Jack? You peasant. Peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, breakfast was great. Let's mm-hmm. let's. Uh, yeah, so this is what I that. wanted to show you. Mm. Uh, why do you think this ship is flying? 
Okay, so I'm looking at an image of the ocean, and there's a, oh. a, a rock face to the right, and then for some reason, just above where you would call the horizon, apparently the sky, there's a ship floating midair through it. Above the water, about, what, like two metres or something? I guess the water. so. I don't know how high that would be off the water. So but why is the ship floating in midair? Um, Do you know? Do you have any idea? Well, unless we've developed some kind of strange technology that I don't know about, um, I would imagine, is it some kind of optical illusion? Uh, I don't know if it would be classed as an optical illusion. Okay. Maybe. Is it an illusion of forms? Like, is the bottom... It's not done on purpose, let's say. Is the hull of the boat the, the exact colour of the... <laughs> Of, of the sky, <laughs> like the bottom of the boat is—they've just blended it. Yeah, to the kind of totally camouflaged into the. I want the bottom of my boat exactly sky yeah. blue, <laughs> specifically the sky in the southwest coast of England. <laughs> At the time, six forty-two. <laughs> and then uh, David Morris is going to stroll past and take a picture. It's going to be great. It's going to end up on the news. <laughs> no, that's not the reason, Jack. Okay, I'm, I'm, I've been fooled. What's happened? So... What's this madness about? The man that saw it, he said it, it just must be on water. Like, it must be floating on the water. Like, it's not floating in midair. But okay. to him, it just looked like it was floating on, on midair. Right. Um, he's like, I don't want to understand it, but it must be on water. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, basically... Let me find the... Uh, I mean, if you saw that... So, had he taken the picture? Is that what it is? It's an image or is it a still from... He took the picture, yeah. No, he took okay. the picture. So it's called a temperature inversion. Oh. And it produces a, a mirage. 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 How do you say that word? Mirage. Mirage. <laughs> mirage. <laughs> In Japanese. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically it's like, it is, oh, it is a form of an optical illusion known yeah. as a superior mi mirage. Did you say mirage? Mirage. So it occurs when the temperature difference between the sea and the air causes a change in the air density right. and forces light from the sun to bend around the horizon. Wow. Cold air usually sits on top of warm air. The more one climbs, the colder it gets. Yep. But on that sunny morning in Cornwall, the situation reversed. The cold air lay above the chilly sea with the warm air on top. The temperature inversion produced a mirage. Mm. <laughs> Why am I so doubting myself? I've said like five times. <laughs> the light coming from the ship towards the, the, the person taking the picture was refracted. Okay. Because, I can't say this word. Leave me in suspense here. Because meteorolo meteorological. <laughs> <laughs> Meteorological, that's really hard to say. Yeah, conditions formed layers of air that had different temperatures, making light travel through them at different at a different speed. Wow. The ship appeared higher than it should be because the human brain, and as it turns out, cameras, can't process the effect that different temperatures have on how images are perceived. That is fascinating. Light usually travels to the eye through straight lines, which lets them see things in a straight way. Um, but sometimes an image is deflected when the rays of light that reach us go through different layers. Okay. That is what happens when looking through water, a straw in a glass, or a hand immersed in the sea might look out of alignment. Oh, I get it. Because light travels through air and water at different speeds. 
The same principle applies with the ship in Cornwall, except that instead of moving from water to air, light travelled from air to air. But in different layers, the layers were different. So air is not always the same. It has different properties, whether it's hot or cold. Okay. So as light, light travels differently through it. So the brain is trying to make sense of it, but it's, I don't know. So when the light reaches our eye, they can't retrace the whole trajectory Mm -hmm. of as if it was bent. I understand, yeah. So when we form an image as if it was coming from a straight line because our eyes want to prolong what they see. Yeah. It's so odd to me. (laughs) And like an eye, the camera can't reconstruct the bent trajectory either. So it looks like it's literally just floating above. Yeah. It's as if the ray of light was coming from a straight line too, this person said. Um, But yeah, this has happened many times and it usually happens apparently in antarctica because of the cold air and the warm air so it's it's unusual that it happens but i guess because of this was it a hot day or a cold day did i say i don't know because of this day yeah specific (laughs) weather unusual day yeah um that's why that effect was produced yep that's unbelievable. It's kind of, it makes sense though, because you know when you, like you said, you stick your hand into water and then you look down into the water. It's like you, your your joints are all offset mm-hmm. from where your actual body is. Um, yeah. And I guess that's happened in exactly the same way with the ship. So there is an example of um, like a diagram. Yeah. So you can see exactly what is happening. But to me, it still kind of doesn't make sense. Like, how can air... Like, obviously, the it, it, it travels differently through cold air and warm air, but that is hard to get your head around. Because it happens as well with cars. You mm. know, when you have that, like, floating... Like the haze. Yeah. The wobbly haze on the wobbly ho- on haze. hot roads. Yeah. Yeah. It's because of the hot air on the road and the cold air above it. Yeah. And it's causing... So you can... It can happen as well yeah. with cars ahead of you and they look like they're floating. I mean, I think the way I can understand it is that everything that we see is as a result of light reflecting off it. Anyway, that's the example. <laughs> everything we see is as a, re- a result of light reflecting off it. Yeah. So what's happened with these different layers of air is that light is passing through each layer of air in a different way and it's effectively bending is what that article was just saying Mm. so the image that we see is displaced from where we see would naturally see a straight line of light up here because it's been bent upwards just like this but i don't get how it's mirrored as in like because the boat is exactly the same yes but it's above but you can't see the boat below that I don't entirely understand, honestly. Like, look, look at that picture. Yeah. So it's like a diagram uh-huh. of, and it's like, well, the boat's just up here now. This is the this is the boat you see. It's floating above the water, yeah. but the actual boat is below it. But you can't see that because there's cold air there or hot air. Oh, I can't remember this already. Did yeah. Which way is? I don't know. How it's, does that make sense? <laughs> that's a very peculiar phenomenon. Like I love. I, l- I actually find, like, things like this really interesting and science really interesting, like, in this way. 
but I don't like it when I can't understand it or it doesn't yeah. really make sense to me. Like, I really have to break things down for me to go, oh, okay, that makes sense now. I, I'm like, I, it's still how, still how is it floating? And then it makes you think, what are the things in the world do we see that we're not actually seeing? Yeah. Have you got the, the image of the actual ship, uh, the, the, boat. the way it was? Because what I think is, you know, to us it looks like the top part of a ship is floating above the water. Maybe yeah. that's just all of the ship that is visible. Like the the flat line at the bottom of the ship that appears to be over the water is actually just where the water is. But because of that displacement of light, it looks like it's been separated from the water line and moved upwards. <sighs> so even though it looks to us like the whole the, the whole of the ship is just invisible, it's actually not. Um, but that's that's a real that's a real peculiar phenomenon. It kind of makes me think: how many times do we experience something like that? You know, that's where we see we see a mirage of anything. Um, that's what I mean. Like, you know, it's kind of like I, th- I think that's what it is. You know, so so now we're seeing the line of the water, the line of the sea, and then we've got a gap in the, the middle, and yeah. then just above that is the boat. Just imagine that the boat was connected to the water. That's the whole boat, right? But because of light, those those layers of air, sorry, the light is bent, skewing it upwards. So the image of the boat that we see is up here as yeah. opposed to connected to the water down there. Yeah, that's right. Um, but then why isn't the water up there too? Why is it only the boat? Because I guess that the, whatever, like the layer of air that is on the water... Or immediately above the water, um, doesn't cause a refraction of light up. So, what I'm saying the way it passes through air is different to the way it passes through water. That's that's what I think all it is. The ship is in the air. I love that you're like that's it. That's all it is. <laughs> it's so simple, Jody. You stupid idiot. No, it's, <laughs> it's absolutely not simple. I'm just trying to make sense of it. Oh, I can't see the diagram now. Um, I don't know where. What's the what was the phenomenon called? Did it have a name? Sorry. Yeah. Because um, I've honestly never seen anything like that before. Superior mirages. mirages. Superior mirages. Wow. There's a few different things like um, what did I say? Like uh, infraction something. Fraction mirage. I don't know what I said now. There's a few different things that they call it in this article. Yeah. So, but this seems to be calling it a superior mirage. So if you ever you see a floating ship. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. It's, it's just, just a superior mirage. It's just a particularly cold day. <laughs> yeah, and there are many layers <laughs> to be found. How would you know, though? You wouldn't, would you? I wonder if that can happen with people. Like, you see somebody out in the sea, mm. and then they seem to be floating <laughs> above the water. <laughs> Possibly. Or is it is it like a certain distance away that your eye can't make it out? Do you think it has to be? It just, it just shows you how many things that you see aren't necessarily what is there. I do want to mention one more thing. Okay. That we watched the movie Raya. Raya, the last dragon. Raya, the last dragon. And the last dragon. It was very good. We watched the premiere of it because it came out on my birthday, the 5th of March. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good, really good Disney film. And it's kind of in a, would you say it's like been explored in Disney, other films before. Like they had Mulan, which is set in China, right? Yeah. And this was set in kind of a similar... Um, style era. Mm, 
I it still felt very a, different. But... Yeah, it's in a whole little realm of its own. Yeah. It didn't make me cry. It's not a very, it's not an emotional film by any standard. It's supposed to be, I think. Yeah. But, but, but it wasn't a Coco film. It wasn't an Up. It wasn't a... I think it was made by some of this. Or is that... No, I'm thinking of the other movie that's coming out soon with the, with the boy mermaids. Oh, uh, yeah, that's thinking right. thinking of that. Yeah. But I did really like it, and I really liked the characters, and I really liked the storyline. Yeah. Um, but as we were watching it, it felt like a mixture of lots of different movies. Like, I saw a lot of Star Wars references, kind of, and yeah. a bit, like, of Avatar, and, like, I saw a lot of concepts from those movies yeah, definitely right. came into play. Yeah. Like, the way she travels and stuff, like reminded me of star wars and definitely the um her actual home where it is reminded me of um avatar yeah yeah oh, the pandora yeah the pandora yeah it yeah. reminded me of that and that's true yeah it was a it was a solid disney film i would say that really it was, it was pretty good it was i'd enjoyable. rate it an eight out of ten eight out of ten that's pretty high well yeah i liked it i like i do like you know hmm. I enjoy Disney movies. There's not really any that I don't love. No. It was... Um, it's It held its own, let's say that. Yeah, it's nice. I really like the characters. Would you watch it again? That's the question. I'm going to watch it tonight. Okay, marvellous. Because you fell asleep and I want you to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Jack was very tired. I was like, do you know anything that... be a judge of that film. I was like, do you know anything that happened? And he said about five things and like three of them were wrong, so... Yeah. I was like, you need to watch it again. <laughs> He's like, you know the magic thing, and they pulled that. And, and that. there was, and I was a, like, there was something about the last dragon, I think. <laughs> He's like, one of them was left alone. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, you need to watch it again. Anyway, take it on Jodie's recommendation, not mine. But it was, uh, it's a worthwhile watch. I liked the 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 girl that played Caesar, 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 Caesar. Did you even watch it? <laughs> yeah, and the the girl who played her is a comedian called Aquafina. Mm. And if you don't know the story of Aquafina, it's very interesting. Aquafina. What a name! Yeah, it was like this. I'm pretty sure it's the same Aquafina. Oh, it might be Aquafana. Aqua. I don't know. Anyway, forget it. It's it's interesting. You should have a look at it. Yep. Go watch <laughs> Raya: The Last Dragon. I'm just rambling now. Okay, let's call the podcast. <laughs> let's call the podcast. Let's bring the podcast to an end. <laughs> Thank you once again for joining us on a merry Sunday. We hope Thank you've had you a wonderful very week. Much. Go forth into the next week with joy and wonder. Have a great time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, any revelatory statements? Oh, is that now? I usually do it after the followers. And... No, let's, let's drop a revelation right no, now. No, do it after. I need to think about it. All right, fine. <laughs> I, I take the time to think about it while you're doing that. While I waffle, okay. If you like our podcast, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other major podcast platforms. Uh, we use Podbean, and they have been a they've been a really good platform for us to kind of start our podcast journey from. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, and also Instagram at our Weird Life Pod. Uh, you can see our, you can get like regular updates of when new episodes have been released if you follow those pages. Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's all there is to say. Really, thank you for sticking with us 
or joining us for the first time or maybe recommending us to someone else if you happen to be an avid podcast listener it all helps towards the uh the growth you know <laughs> <laughs> we're enjoying it so we yeah. we love we love to hear that you are so absolutely share away share and share alike you know what i mean right joe you've yeah? had at least one minute to think of a revelation i found one go so I'm just looking behind you and I can see a bunch of balloons yes. and like a banner and everything. So my revelationary, revela- whatever thing is, <laughs> if you're doing like some sort of thing, like a dress up party or just a night, you know, like a birthday party or Christmas or something, something like that. Go all out, guys. Go all out. Get the balloons, get the party poppers, the the banners. The banners. Dress up nice. Get the presents, get the snacks. Yeah, do everything because what I've realised is that other people enjoy your enjoyment of getting everything extra. Yeah. So my friends, they bought me like this huge bunny balloon because they knew I would be like, oh my God, I love it. And I was like that. And they bought me all these little, the different cute little balloons and decorations because they know that I love going all out and being all extra. And I just think it brings so much joy, you know. If you put in an effort for somebody and decorate the room for them, like on your 30th, I did a whole... Jurassic Park, like you walked into the room and it was all Jurassic Park and everything. Epic. How did you feel about that? I felt like this. No, 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 no. In my soul, like the whole. Did it make you happy? Oh, I was overjoyed. Did it, ha- where did it raise the bar to? So say your birthday was like a five. It raised it to like the. Uh, the roof. The raise roof. the roof. Raise the roof. It was beyond the roof. <laughs> Anyway, my point is just go a little out if you want to put up a few banners and stuff. It really does make someone feel special and it really does bring an enjoyment. And those people that don't enjoy it are kind of like, oh, I don't know why you put in all that effort. Well, whatever, you're a Scrooge. <laughs> there you go. Revelatory statement of the week. <laughs> Have a great week. We'll see you next week for a brand new episode of Our Weird Life. Have Farewell. A, have a great week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.